Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents and carers. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Today, we're revisiting one of our favourite interviews from the archive. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, presenter of Kindling Conversation, Kindling Kids Radio week weekday program for parents and carers. And we like to start the week with some problem solving. It's what we call it anyway. If you have any questions about your family um, from, you know, what you want to feed your baby, if they're ready for solids, breastfeeding questions, sleeping questions. Everyone has sleeping questions. That's why we have Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue here to answer any questions on Kindling Helpline. She's had over 30 years experience working with parents and families across Australia, and um, she's probably seen everything that you could possibly ask from settling, feeding, tantrums. So if you have any questions now, you can either call us on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO or if you're watching us live on Facebook, pop your question below and we will get to it. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Oh, I should also mention we have a text line, 0437 665 That's 0437 Double six five two hundred. But first up, let's chat to Fiona, who is on the line. She has a daughter who just turned two a few weeks ago. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Hi, Chris. Hi. Now, why don't you tell us what um, what's happening with your daughter? Um, so, I guess my question was, what do I do about transitioning out of sleeping bags into sheets and well, sheets? Okay. Yesterday, when it got hot, yeah, um, I realised that the bags that we had last summer are too yeah. small and the zippers down the front and my two-year-old can now undo them herself. <laughs> so I wondered about getting putting sheets on the cot instead of buying new bags. Yeah, I would definitely do that. So she's two. When is she two and a half, Fiona? Uh, April. So she's just, yeah, she, her yeah. birthday was the start of October. So you could probably find that when the new year comes, you're starting to think about a big girl's bed, but the closer you leave that to two and a half, the better. And what I do beforehand um, is I tend to set the cot up like a bed to see whether they're ready for the bed in a way. Mm -hmm. So I put a little – there's actually children's pillows. They're quite narrow. And put that in. And in this case, because it's so hot, I just tuck the bed in with a sheet and put her into the cot like you were putting her into the bed. And tuck her in. And if she pretty much stays still in her sleep – then you know you're getting closer to the point where she can tolerate being in a big big bed where she's not yep. tossing herself around. So you can go ahead and sort of make it up as a bed and see whether she's ready for a big girl's bed. And yep. But I would say that she'd be more consistent at it when she's closer to two and a half. Yeah, I, 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 I have very little confidence that she would like yeah. to go in her sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's we still, right. We still hear doinks and, you know, yeah. she gets her arms stuck between the bars and all those yeah. things that they do. Yeah, so but she's I guess still my question quite is, if she's not, I mean, if she's not lying still, yep. do I get another sleeping bag or do we put sheets? Can we just put yeah, sheets on? Yeah, you can put sheets it? on her. Yeah, and yeah. in this heat, the heat that we're experiencing at the moment, you could probably yep. almost put her to bed with just her pyjamas on. Because, yeah. you know, that the sleeping bag is a form of blanketing. You can get very lightweight ones, you know, mm. made of muslin. But I think in her case, because she's two, I'd probably, like on an evening like tonight might be, I'd just put her in her pyjamas and put her in a bed and see what she does. She'll still donk around like she does. Yeah. Um, I guess I was just wondering about the sleep cue because she sort of... The sleep cue, yes, yeah, the tucking in with the shoe. for the first time yesterday, like yeah. ever, or not yet, since she's been on one yeah. nap. 
But I mean, we had been at a birthday party and there'd been a bit of sugar, so yeah. I wasn't really sure whether it was the lack of bag or, <laughs> <laughs> or the sugar. Yeah, but I would say it's she. In terms of the sleep cue, you could be right in that she thinks if I'm not in a sleeping bag, I'm not going to sleep. I'm just playing. Mm. So tucking her in with a sheet might yep. fix that for her. At the moment, yep. because she's still mobile in that cot, I'd probably still put her at the bottom of the cot and tuck her at the bottom of the cot in with a sheet ah, okay, and yeah, let yeah. her wander around the rest of the cot so that yep. so it's, she hasn't got that sheet all the way up the bed just yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. that makes sense. And then in a couple of months, you know, that you're thinking of putting her in the bed, then put the pillow in with the sheet a bit higher, mimicking a bed, and then yeah. you know she's ready then for the big girl bed. Yeah, cool. Okay. Brilliant. Good luck All with right. that, Fiona. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks very much. Okay. See you. You can uh, pop your questions on Facebook if you'd like to, if you're watching us through Facebook Live, if you're listening through radio, you can give us a call on one eight hundred kids radio You can also send us a text on 0437 665 200 and... Um, Chris is here, Chris Minogue, our Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire to answer your questions. And, of course, this will all be posted online um, if you go to the Kindling website later this afternoon. It's kindling.com.au. So if you've heard something and you think, I need to hear that again because I don't know about you, but for me it goes in one ear and out the other, um, you can go back and listen and take notes. We have a question from M. Do you have any tips to get out of bed sharing? My little boy is nearly one and he's breastfeeding as well. Okay, so this one's a little bit tougher because if he was a bit older, we'd just set up a little bed on the floor and put him on the bed on the floor and he'd get used to not being so close to you and then gradually move it into, you know, a bed in his room and, and so forth and so on. But when you're only a little one-year-old, I think that's that's a much more difficult thing because he needs to go in a cot to be able to sleep well so um, and safely. So the only suggestion, depending on the size of your cot, is to put the cot up against your bed with the side down closest to the bed so that you can still put your hand in and touch him and reassure him. Um, that would probably be my first step, is to bring the cot into that room, put it up right close to your bed, drop the side down and put him to sleep in the cot. So he gets used to that space. And then with that, then raising the cot side so he gets used to that sort of bars around him. And then once he's used to that, then moving him into his room if that's what you're choosing to do. But it is a difficult transition because his cue sign of bed sharing is that he can reach out and touch someone. And um, with that, when he's in the cot independently, he's got no one to touch. And that actually is the bigger problem, not so much the bed or the cot, but that he hasn't got that that comfort of I can reach, I can touch mummy or touch daddy. And that's reassuring and he goes back to sleep. So I would start with the cot right up against your bed and then move it back, pull the side up, move it back, sorry, move it back, pull the side up and then see if that can help him graduate into the cot. And does breastfeeding add any complication to it or is it not, the same? Not really because he's getting to one and he probably doesn't require as many breastfeeds at night. So it'll be more about the resettling and also by picking him up. So say you're doing three feeds, you want to bring it down to two feeds and you resettle on one. I would actually get him out of the cot, feed him and put him back in the cot. I think this is going to be a little bit tricky. So have a think about the stages you want to do. So you might want to get him used to being in the cot without taking away the breastfeeds first. 
And then once you got in comfortably in the cot, even if it's beside your bed, then maybe decreasing the breastfeed. gentler. Yeah. And you just bring it back down to one. And then when you got it on one and he's comfortable in the cot, you might then put it the cot where you want it to be so maybe in his room if that's what you're looking for um, or you're just quite happy with him beside you but in the cot and feed him once a night so think about the steps and make it one step change and give him about three to five days before you add another step into it okay so try and mimic what he knows very close to the bed and then take your steps from there Good luck with that, Em. Thank you for your question. The next one comes from Hay Lynn. It's about a two-year-old sleeping arrangements. Yes. She says, hi, Chris. We have a second baby, baby coming in December and plan to have her bed beside our bed in the cot. Oh, yeah. We have a two-year-old toddler who sleeps in her own single bed. What would you recommend in terms of their sleeping arrangement? We have three bedrooms, but the third room is currently used as a spare bedroom and or study. Um. I think the way you're considering it would be the way that I would do it. I'd, I'd leave the two-year-old in its bed where it's comfortably sleeping now. And certainly when you have a new baby, you're keeping them close in your room. So at, at this point, the setup that you've suggested is probably what I would do. Um, there may come a point where you want to move the cot into the third room um, or for them to share together. And if that was the case, then you need that new baby to be sleeping quite comfortably overnight before you transition it in with a toddler. And therefore, you could keep your third, you know, room as a study. So there's nothing wrong with them sharing. Um, so you like you like when kids yeah, share. Yeah, right? I do. Think it's I good think for it. Them. I do. I think it teaches them to have a relationship of being mindful. Um, especially the children of your age, you know, mm. where you got them at three, three and five. five. Uh, they have to be mindful of each other. They have to share the space. And Which I think that's always, really important. And I, I've got to say that with ours, what I was always worried about, Haylin, when I moved them into the same room was that... They how, break each other. Yeah, and yeah, I was thinking, even how do you get them to bed? And yeah. at the moment, we've got a bunk bed. Yeah. And my husband reads to my son on the bottom Bottom. bunk and I read to my daughter on the top bunk and neither kid cares and they both go (laughs) go to sleep. And I have lots of clients that only have two bedrooms and, you know, at that stage where they put two together and I have clients that have had a six-year-old and a baby and they don't disturb each other at all. It's just like a couple. You know, you get used to the noises that each other makes and the I'm positioning. I'm not a good example of that. But with the, in this case, I'd wait for that little baby to be, you know, on one feed overnight or sleeping through the night before I merge them into a room. That's the key thing. I, yeah, and I think you'll find that when you listen to lots of child psychologists, the the thing about being in a room together makes them accountable for each other. So it's very easy <sighs> as a, la- a bigger child to shut the door and shut yourself out, but not if your sister has to come in and go to bed beside you. That big sigh was me just waiting for the moment my children are accountable to each other. Um, I hope that helps, Haylin, but please, um, uh, good luck with the second baby. Very I think exciting. You're, you're heading in the right direction. Yeah, and, yeah. and call us when yeah. you're When you're ready to move them together. Yeah, and ask yeah. some more questions, but thank you for that for that one. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Kindling Helpline on Kindling Kids Radio with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. We're answering questions, or rather Chris is answering <laughs> your questions if you'd like to leave a message underneath um, our Facebook video if you're watching us through Facebook or give us a call 1-800-KIDS-RADIO if you're listening through our 
free app or the digital radio. And it's a good time just to mention that um, we always recommend people check out the SIDS guidelines. If you have any questions or doubts or concerns, they have really clear guidelines for the safest way to sleep your babies. So if you have any questions, please do go to that and we'll pop a link up on the website if you want to know where to go. Our next question is from Vicky. Vicky, I love this question and I'm really keen to know what the answer is. Vicky says, how to get a three-year-old to stay in bed until at least 6.30 a.m. <laughs> Good luck, sleeping. <laughs> Ouch. What time do they get up, Vicky? Um, Must be pretty early. Oh, and, no, they could he... be getting up at six and she just wants him to sleep till 6.30. Is there so... any way of getting kids that age to sleep longer? No. Oh, dear. So, I mean, that's the short answer, no. But the things we can do to encourage them to stay in their bed, so they won't stay asleep, but maybe stay in their bed. First thing is you've got to be reasonable about their sleep. So it depends on what time this the three-year-old goes to bed. But most three-year-olds, I think, would go to bed between 7.30 and 8. Like you might be reading stories at 7.30, they're asleep quarter to 8, 8 o'clock. They reasonably have 10 to 11 hours of sleep. So if you're going to bed at 8 then six o'clock is reasonable for getting up. That's 10 hours of sleep. So the first thing is, is this about what you want the family to do? Or is this about he isn't actually sleeping very well and we need him to sleep better? Um, so let's assume he's going to bed in a reasonable time frame. And um, if he's getting up at six, I would just, you know, I'd actually kiss him and say, good little boy, because a lot get up at five and 5.30. So 6.30, perfectly. This isn't the answer that we want here, I know, Chris. I know, sometimes know. the answer's hard. <laughs> the other thing you could do is use a grow clock. You know, those, oh, yes. uh, either they shade in colour or there's one with the monkey, but the monkey's eyes open, which I think would be a little bit startling <laughs> if I was laying in bed and the monkey eyes open, where you can set the alarm. And even if he's awake at 5 or 5.30 or 6, you say he can't get out of bed till the grow clock is orange, I think it is. And the smart toddler, of course, will reset the alarm because, you know, they're digitally aware. Wow. The very smart. smart toddler brings it out and says, look, mummy, it's not 6.30. <laughs> but for lots of kids, that does work. And I think the other thing is you have to be reasonable. So if it's any point after 6 o'clock, pretty much they're up. Sorry. Can I, can I play devil's advocate? Can, sure. Can, oh, actually, this wouldn't work for me. My three-year-old wouldn't do this. But is there any chance of saying, I remember when um, my daughter was a bit younger, if she got up really early, I'd just get her to come into bed with me and I'd get a little... Yeah. A little bit extra sleep. I, yeah. To say, I've suggested something my own son wouldn't do. Window. If yeah. it's after five o'clock, they can come into bed with you. But if you're not sleeping and they're just playing with your nose for the next <laughs> hour and a half, that's not going to help I don't anyway. feel like we've helped you much, Vicky. But, um... Look, Vicky, I think, I think we have helped Vicky, of course. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We've helped uh, you, Vicky. But, get a um, clock. That might work. Yeah. But he won't sleep till 6.30. But you could get him to stay in his room till 6.30. Well, good luck anyway, Vicky, and thank you for the question. Mm. Our a lot next, of people ask it. Yeah. <laughs> and another question uh, is from Heidi, who's asking about a sleep routine for her 18-month-old. Hello, Chris. I love your help session and listen oh. eagerly each week. Thank, thank you. you, Heidi. Um, she says, I would love any advice or suggested routine you may have for my 18-month-old. We've only just recently got 
him sleeping through the night, which is fantastic, but has changed um, morning wake-ups. He usually goes to bed between 7 and 9 p.m., depending on when he woke from his sleep, and now wakes around 6 a.m. He often starts showing tired signs around 10 a.m., He's been on one sleep for months now. Should I put him down when I see these t- these signs or do I wait until midday? As he used to sleep until 7 to 8 a.m., which meant he was fine to have his midday sleep. Any tricks on getting him to sleep later? Also, he often does a three to four hour sleep at home or two hours at daycare. Should we be waking him up or let him sleep? Does sleep breed sleep or would that make him wake up overnight? Wow. Okay, so Heidi, with this one and an 18-month-old, we tend to stick with regular timeframes to regulate their sleep, whereas in the young baby, sleep does beget sleep. So the more sleep they have, the more sleep they'll do. But with this little fellow, his time frames move. So he goes to bed anywhere between seven and nine, which is quite a big time frame. And that's because he's having so much sleep in the day, three to four hours or at least two So if you want him to go to bed in a regular time frame, I think what's happening for him is some days he gets lots of sleep and other days he doesn't get as much sleep, but could be overtired because he stays up later. So in his case, what I would do is regulate him for a few days and see if that makes the whole thing better. So um, I would get him up. He gets up at what? 6.30? Six, I think. Six. So if he gets up at six... That little fellow probably needs to be in bed between 7 and 7.30 at night. And to do that and bring him into a regular pattern, we'd put him down at 12 and we'd get him up at 2.30 at the latest. And that would get him into bed between 7 and 7.30. And what that does is it regulates his sleep. So one day he seems to have lots of sleep and the next day he has only a small amount of sleep because he goes off to daycare. But daycare have probably got the right rhythm. They probably put him down between 11.30 and 12. He sleeps for two hours and that's the night where he probably goes to sleep at 7 or 7.30 for them. So try and bring the days in line with each other and I think you'll get much more consistent sleep from him. But it is nice on a Saturday when that very busy 18-month-old is asleep and at 3 o'clock you're thinking, should I get him up? (laughs) And my answer is generally yes. So they need about five to five and a half hours from when they wake before they're tired again. So I would regulate the time frame and then he will push past that 10 a.m. I think that 10 a.m. is on the days where he may have woken earlier than you think. So I, I think you need to regulate the time frames. Have a couple of days where you don't take him out in that morning period. Daycare is good because he's at daycare the whole time. Um, and, and put him down at a regular time. And I think the whole thing will sort itself out. Uh, this is, of course, Kindling Helpline where you can ask Chris Minogue any questions you like. And the next question comes from Jared. Do you have any advice for keeping a two-month-old cool as the weather heats up? I know that I hate the heat and feel so bad that my little bub has so has to suffer through the heat or swaddled. We don't have air conditioning. How would you recommend we keep her cool without overcompensating and making it too cold? I feel you, Jared. Okay. So I think you'll be surprised that your little two-month-old copes probably better than we do. Um, but the weather is warming up, and today it's extremely warm. 
So what you need to do is have circulating air around the baby. They don't need cold air around them, obviously, because that makes them cool. So on a day like it is today here for us, I would um, I would probably just have a sleeveless onesie on them. So it's got just it's just like a singlet that does up under the nappy. That's probably all they need on. I would wrap in muslin because it's got that lovely airflow through it. But to tuck her in, um, I would just double another muslin over and tuck her in. And then you've got airflow around that baby. She is young. He? She. She She. is young. um, So she does still need that swaddling. But the muslins are lovely. And you can get some lovely, really light ones. Once you've done that, um, you need to think about the house. And every house will be different in how they hold the heat. But if I know it's going to be a warm day, I'm shutting the house down. I have a sort of nice darkened area that doesn't retain the heat. And I'd put a circulating fan on. So either those tower fans are really good or a pedestal fan. And I'd oscillate it just across the baby so the air is moving. So it's not going to be cold air on it, but if we get an extremely hot, hot day, uh, it could be the day you need to go shopping in the... Um, and go, go, to the go to Westfield. Go to the local shopping but, centre. But actually muslin and tucking in with muslin should do the trick. She should be cool enough with that. Okay. okay. Well, good luck, Jared. Uh, I was just trying to remember whether it was you, Chris, that suggested sometimes if it's really hot, getting a flannel. And, yeah. Because I, I remember when Darcy, yeah. my daughter, was small and it was... Boiling hot. hot. We had no air con. And mm. I just used to put, put it, it little, on the head. Yeah. Cute, little cute. cold flannel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the other one we used to do in hospitals before there was air conditioning with babies is we'd have the big fans and we'd just put um, a sheet, a wet sheet on it. Yes. And it blows cool air. Yeah. yeah. For about five seconds though. Because <laughs> then it warms up and dries. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck, Joe. Yeah. I hope you both survive the heat well. Yeah. And the next question comes from Kylie who has three-year-old twins. Wow, that sounds like that'd be a handful. That's fun. That is fun. Oh, but not this bit. My twin, oh, my twins I'll have start started fighting. fighting. Before they would get along, happy as can be. But now, as soon as Dad or I pick um, one up or pay more attention to one, the other one absolutely loses a plot. Please help. Oh, you poor things. Okay, so what happens with the you know uniqueness of twins or any multiples is they're all doing the same thing at the same time. Whereas others might have a five-year-old and a three-year-old, you've got two three-year-olds. And three-year-olds, they are trying to get attention, they're attention-seeking in a lovely way and a destructive way, um, and they want your attention. So I think what happens here is one sees them getting attention, could be realistic, fell over, need a cuddle, and the other one isn't coping with that. What I would suggest to do is to do more things on the floor. So if someone needs comforting because, you know, I hurt my knee, then I'd probably sit on the floor and sit that child on your lap. And then if the other child isn't coping, get them to come and sit beside you. It's probably just a little phase and soon they will ignore each other and and play separately and then play together. Um, So I think in this case... I would try not to physically pick it up because I think the other twins seeing it as that baby's gone up there or that child's gone up there. And so I'd can sit be a on the floor. Away, can't yeah, it? to a three year old. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'd sit on the floor more, give that child comfort. If the other one's not coping, ask that one to come by you. 
If that one completely loses it and lashes out and maybe hits you, which is a typical three-year-old behaviour, then discipline the hitting, not discipline the fact that it needs to come to you. And I think that's, you know, about discipline, that you're only disciplined in the action, not what led to it. So So you're saying... You're saying don't hit, not don't hit mummy because I'm holding Tom. Right, I yeah. see the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're just disciplined in the hitting. You can come and sit next to mummy, mm-hmm. you know. So I think this is just a tricky time for you, but it's short-lived and it does move on. Good luck, Kylie. hope that helps. Um, now, this is our last question. Apologies if we haven't got to your question today, but we will be back on Monday next week at midday. If you'd like to email us your question, you can send it to conversation at kindling.com.au and we will address it next week. But our last question for today comes from Miranda. She says, my five-year-old has a stutter that we're currently seeing a speech pathologist pathologist for for help with how can I make him feel more confident because he used to be such a bright happy little man and now he's shy and reserved and doesn't like playing with other kids oh that's so sad do you know what I would do in this case because the speech pathologist is all over the stutter so you know as that comes on his confidence would grow I'd probably in this case um, find his one little friend so whoever his one special little friend is and maybe spend some time outside of school, or it might be daycare, might only still be in daycare, where they can play and he can build his confidence up with one person while the speech is coming on. Because the stuttering can either, you know, they can either fix it really quickly or it could take a period of time. So I would probably encourage him to play with with little play dates with one special friend and let him build the confidence up that way. Okay. Good luck, Miranda. And thank you, Miranda, and everybody for asking your questions. That's all we have time for today. Thank you, Chris, for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.